Please hold for Armchair Adventurer. That's not the kind of podcast we are. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Nice. Nice. Okay. I'm beginning to think that it's better if we think of this as Dan and Kane's podcast <laughs> and Paul and Greg are here sometimes. Yeah, I think I think that our two names should be on the masthead. Yep. Letterhead. Yep. Promotional material. Sure. Any future earnings and profits. Fitty fitty. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'll just, so to be clear, listeners, Kane, or, oh boy, Greg and Paul are here, but uh, what they don't know is we are going to delete all of their audio after <laughs> they have recorded it. So don't tell them. I think Greg may be running scared because... Just two days ago, on September the 2nd, Greg and I saw an advanced screening of Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new movie. Mm. I hope that, well, please, I ask this not only because I would like to know, but also because I think we've only ever had one fan ever <laughs> reach out to us to say anything, <laughs> and it was Ruben. Like the week after he found out we were doing this. But I would like to know if you had a similar experience, if you saw this movie, because I don't know if it was just that it was an advanced screening or what the post-production team was thinking. The sound mixing was so bad that a, a big chunk of the dialogue was totally inaudible. What? Because of explosions or music. And it was very, it was so confusing that this was one of the loudest movies I've ever been to, and Greg still fell asleep in the theater. Because it was like, you didn't know what the fuck was happening. That sounds just awful. Im- important dialogue would be going on, and there'd be the classic, like, Christopher Nolan, like, <laughs> noise going on in the background. But, I mean, it was a cool movie, and, like, Denzel Washington's son was awesome in it. I didn't even know until pretty recently that it was his son. Robert Pattinson's fantastic in it. Really? Yeah. Um, the tallest woman in the world is in it. Brienne of Tarth? Taller. Really? Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki. Debicki? She's British, actually. I think she's 6'4". What? Yeah. And the she wears heels. The tallest woman in the, in the world is 6'4"? No, but, you know, she's really tall. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were dropping a real stat. No, no. <laughs> sure, the tallest woman in the world is freakishly tall. Yeah, that would be pathetic. Now, uh, sorry. That's, that's my gripe about Tenet. We do have a topic today, and it is not Tenet. Dan and I have schemed up a, another... This won't be a full a full episode, I don't think. <laughs> I can't imagine. We might be able to pull it off. But this is about a place called Cahokia. The only reason I know about Cahokia is because it was one of my father's hard drives. The name of one of his hard drives. He named them all after cities, right? Pretty, yeah, like cities, civilizations, and there's a lot of them. I'm going to blow up my dad's spot here a little bit, but I don't think he listens, so <laughs> we're okay. Damn it, Dan. You know the movie Terminator? Yeah. So you know how in that, Skynet sends back a hyper-intelligent killing machine back in time 
to kill Sarah Connor. Is that what it's about? Yes. Okay. If you could imagine a similar situation, except Skynet sent back a hyper-intelligent killing machine whose only objective was to break the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, <laughs> that's what my father is. He is the Terminator of pir- piraters. Pirates, I guess. Um, just terabytes and terabytes of music and movies. So I don't know what's on Cahokia. I don't remember, but I, if I had to guess, it'd be like TV shows A through L. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Why? Did he watch all of it? No. He's just a data hoarder. No. I, I and can someday, that. Yeah, someday his, his collection will be the new Library of Alexandria. After the fall. So maybe I shouldn't have included that. Put a target on his back. Nah, I don't think those people are listening. Does anybody even get arrested for that anymore? No. Seems like that was like they threw the book at like four people. (laughs) And then it probably just became too much of a everybody's doing it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Cahokia. Kane, what is Cahokia? Well, speaking broadly... Cahokia was a city in North America, in Illinois, right by the confluence of the Mississippi, Missouri, and Illinois rivers, I think. Uh, I think uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. It is in, it is in Illinois, just a hop, skip, and a jump northeast of St. Louis. When was Cahokia? Because it is not modern day. No, far from it. So it is. It was. It was Native American. So you got to take that into account already. And it was. It predates Columbus. I'm pretty sure the major arc of people living there was like 600 to 1200, and after 1200, it kind of really started to dwindle. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's about what I saw too. I saw some like mixed reviews on why they declined very I rapidly. Did, I did too. as well. It was around from 600 to then, but around like 1050 or 1100 AD is when it really hit its shine. <laughs> and they believe that at this time, it had more people than contemporary London. I don't know what was going on in London in 1100. Do you have any clue what was going on over there? Um, I guess that was like just after the Norman Conquest, huh? So yeah, something had to be going on. Underground, bare-skinned gang fights, like nice. the gangs of New York, probably. Cool. You know what I'm talking about? I have not seen Gangs of New York. Uh, it's not worth it. I've heard. It's a I've pretty heard, unpopular actually. opinion, I think, though. Um. I, I saw a stat, too. So, like, estimates on how many people lived in this city at its peak, uh, even even those sort of vary pretty wildly. I saw one stat that said, in you know, recently, like since the year 2000, we uh, discovered basically, like, some suburbs of Cahokia, and that has sort of changed estimates Uh, how many people must have lived in, I guess you could say, like the metro area. And so estimates now have been raised up to like almost 40,000 people, which... Gadzooks. Yeah. That's a lot of people. The comparison that that I read was uh, that would mean 
the uh, Cahokia was the largest North American city until Philadelphia in the 1780s. You know what? I did see that, and it was uh, shit. What else did I see? Oh, I guess I just saw that it was the largest archaeological site in North America, north of the like Mayan and Inca cities mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yeah, surprisingly, like I don't know, in like mainstream school U.S. history and world history classes, we skip over stuff like this, and instead we talk about the Mayans and the Incans yeah. and the Aztecs. It's like, what? Boo! We- <laughs> we t- talk about Cahokia. Yeah, what the fuck did those three do? I'm <laughs> Scare us in 2010? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 12. 12, yeah. 10 through 12, really. I mean, yeah. people started to get really spooked about that. But we're kind of missing the forest here, Dan, because we haven't mentioned the... I don't even know what to, like, the layout of the city and what the city is is pretty unique in itself. But before we get into that, I'm wondering, Dan, since you have insight about Mississippian Native American culture. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if you can tell me if there's something about them that, uh, I guess, gives, gives, gives cause for why they would have a city like this. I'm Not that there necessarily is a reason, but... Boy, yeah. I'm hoping you got one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have like a direct reason. Like there was never a single event or like individual or dynasty or anything that brought people together. The other thing is there's no written record of this place. We only have like artifacts and engraved things, right? So right. kind of hard to keep track of that stuff. But I would say that even though... Native American tribes largely were pretty small by modern day standards as far as like cultural groups go. There was a lot of overlap in culture. So I think what happened in Cahokia and like some other settlements like this uh, of this size, basically it was like as agricultural technology improved enough people just started to like congregate who were pretty similar in culture and uh, lifestyle that it just sort of took off from there. Okay. And it's on a couple of rivers. That's huge because yeah. like Kane mentioned, their trade networks were massive. Um, there were, did you mention this w- after we started recording? Yeah. The rivers, uh, the oh. big trade network. No. Oh, okay. No, so they had a big trade network. I read one stat that said um, they they found like a collection of old arrowheads, I think, in a uh, sort of grave site that Kane might talk about later. And just based on the shape and um, the sort of craftsmanship of the arrowheads, they could determine that, you know, Cahokia was part of a system system of trade that spanned as far north as like the Great Lakes, duh, uh, <laughs> as far south as like the Gulf of Mexico and, and Texas, modern day Texas, as far east as the coast, and then as far west as the Rocky Mountains, which if you're keeping track at home, that's pretty much the entire United States. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big chunk of the lower 48. But yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit about the culture here. So the Mississippian culture was predominantly 
or or is primarily identified by one co- very common practice, which is mound building. And yes. Yeah. So like Cahokia was this city of mounds that you know we'll we'll talk about later, but that is very one very common sort of cultural feature of the Mississippian culture. And we call it the Mississippian culture just because of where, you know, these this culture sort of dominated, which was basically the upper Midwest, sort of all uh, just about east to um, the Appalachian Mountains and then southeast United States too, down to like the Gulf Coast. The Mississippian culture dates approximately from like six or 800 CE to about 1600 CE. One very interesting thing about um, this uh, sort of culture is that there were a bunch of different urban settlements, not quite as big as Cahokia, but clearly, you know, large cities for their time with these sort of satellite villages that were all linked together by these trading networks. So even though like there were probably tribal distinctions throughout this massive land area, like in terms of the economy, I think they were very much intertwined. And so that kind of poses in my mind, like an interesting question of like, you know, well, what do we count as a nation? You know, if, if you get your, if you get your craft goods from a, a village or a city, 200 miles away are you part of the same nation like right you know lines get a little blurred so i came up with a well i didn't come up with i took pieces of a cool list of common cultural traits so besides the mound building the mississippian culture towards the end of that time period talking probably after a thousand ce uh, became very agricultural and planted a lot of maize, a.k.a. cane. Maize. <laughs> like coops. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was one neat thing. N- not, not terribly unique. Um, I talked about the widespread trading networks that spread out pretty dang far. Uh, another sort of interesting development of this time period in the Mississippian culture was the development of like chiefdoms, the idea that um, it wasn't just like a small group of people, you know, 20, 30 people that were led by one. It would be like several hundred people or over a thousand people led by one sort of leader, one sort of chief. Yeah, because they they believe it was just one in charge of Cahokia, right? Yeah, which to me, that is freaking mind-boggling yeah did you uh in your studies come across anything about muscles like, like human the muscles? animal the mollusk and the shellfish the no river muscles okay no what, what you got seemed to me from one of the videos i was watching that not only was that a decent chunk of the protein in their diet just since there was all those rivers right there there were a lot of freshwater mussels oh that's cool they also used the shells from those to fashion a lot of their agricultural tools that's how they had hose was like a one half of a mussel shell tied to a stick and they would 
you know, huh. dig with it. You'd expect that out of a, a group of people like near an ocean, not necessarily a river. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Let's see. Okay, two more sort of common pieces of culture. Oh, I sort of already mentioned this, and it has to do with like the widespread trade networks, but this idea that in a certain area, one sort of large village or urban center um, sort of takes the lead for several surrounding smaller villages, that sort of like almost like governmental system started to exist in the Mississippian culture era. Yeah, which um, I don't know. Did you did you see a lot about? Did you see much about Cahokia as like obviously a trade center, like we said, but uh, like a religious center? No, I saw like one sentence about it, and then nothing else. I kind of expected more about it. Yeah, but again, it's like you know, it's not even like there was one cohesive set of beliefs for. Native Americans, it's not like I, I wouldn't even begin to guess what kind of beliefs the Mississippians actually had and like how much of that could actually be put into like practice. I guess there is, I mean, there is stuff about there was quite a bit of sacrifice, like human ritualistic sacrifice. Like that was pretty widespread. Yeah, but I don't know, like I didn't see anything about who they were sacrificing to or what for, but uh, you know, I know a few of these mounds were burial mounds for sacrifice, sacrificial killings. Are there like other categories to these mounds too? Yeah, I think so. Um, do you want to just go ahead and get into the the mounds and what the layout of the city looks like a little bit, or do you? Have... Yeah, yeah, take it away because I got nothing on that. Uh, okay, so I'm looking at a, uh, a sketched sketched out layout because you know. All that's left is a few of these mounds, basically. You know, it doesn't bear any resemblance to what it did a thousand years ago, if that would surprise you. <laughs> but let's see. There's kind of a primary area. All told, not just in the primary area, but all told, I guess there's about 80 mounds in Cahokia. And they served varying purposes. Okay. Some were like, some were like burial mounds. Some were just for putting buildings higher up off the ground. You know, flooding was kind of common uh, right off, you know, three rivers, pretty serious floodplain that helped with agriculture, but there was buildings that they didn't want flooded, so some of those would go up. Some were not really sure why, you know, because it's just flat. We didn't find skeletons in there, and it's just flat up top. But uh, some of these are not even, like, uniform, and they're all sorts of different shapes, sizes, and some of them, like, Monk's Mound is the largest of the mounds. You can pretty prominently still see it today at the historical site. There's like stairs that go up it. That thing looks intense. Yeah. When it was like at its apex, I guess, the Monk's Mound had four different levels. There was the first level. In one corner of that first level was a slightly higher mound, but then it raised up like a, like a step pyramid again to a higher level. And then an even higher level on one side of that. And there was a building on top of that, but I don't know what. You know, that might just be a guess. That's probably just a guess that there was a building on top of there. That's like, I wonder, oh man, that's crazy. Because like, what's what did they do to stop it from just eroding or like mudsliding? 
you know? Well, I think they would just tack more on because they got bigger as Koki went on because the way they do this is kind of start small. They'd make a mound of dirt and then they would put timber across it to make like almost acting like um, joists in the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, like rebar and concrete? Almost, yeah. It would just kind of like they would make that at the top and then they would pile more dirt on top of that and just, you know, rinse and repeat. And the timber that they would lay out would give the shape of the flat part of the mound on top. Wow. Now, directly in front of Monk's Mound is a little place called the Grand Plaza. And this, they found out that this was actually not a naturally flat piece of land. This was uh, kind of ebbed by the river, you know, just like it had kind of ridges and it was actually leveled and filled in by the people to make a giant playing field. Oh, did you find, did you find out about Chunky? Well, I saw that that's what they used it for and you said something about Chunky, but that's what, that's a big part of what they used the Grand Plaza for. Would you mind telling me what Chunky is? Yo, Chunky is a great sport. Really? I mean, it sounds great. Sounds dumb. So, wait, so what? (laughs) I said it sounds dumb. It sounds dumb because we spell it like the stupid word chunky, not how, like, you know. Yeah. If it was like C-H-U-N apostrophe K-I, it'd be cool. No, I think I saw one that was like T-C-H-U-N-K-E-E. See, that's that's better. Yeah. I don't know why we had to. Chunky. Yeah. See it, Jesus. Anyways, so Chunky, uh, or Kane, have you ever played bocce ball? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I must have at some point. I know how it works. Yeah, you throw the one ball. Yeah, there's the small ball, right? Yeah. And that's where you got to try to get close to with the larger ones? Yes, exactly. So okay. I want you to imagine bocce ball, but with a few adjustments. First okay. of all, the small ball is not a ball. It is a probably three or four inch sort of disc. Clay or, disc? Yeah, uh, clay, stone, yeah. Whatever they could find a disc. Whatever they can make a disc out of. Yeah, whatever you can make a disc out of. And the four balls that you get to toss are actually spears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's quite the, the backyard yeah. that of your friends that you play bocce ball in is actually a, hold on, let me get this stat right, 40 to 50 acre uh, plot of flat land. Okay. Where does my friend's drunk stepdad come into play? <laughs> oh, he got sacrificed before yeah, it started. He's, he's headless and handless on top of Monk's Mound, I'm afraid. <laughs> so Chunky chunky is this game, if you all have ever played bocce ball. Um, one person rolls this three or four inch disc basically as far as you can and i'm pretty sure while it's rolling you have to trying to stop it the spear to land as close to the disc as uh, closer than anybody else so interesting yeah so there are some variations of the game where your spear has like barbs on it so you you try to throw your spear to like land and then it stops the disc on your spear, there are some versions of the game where the the disc has a hole in the middle. Oh. So 
you try to sort of like run alongside, not run alongside it, but like sort of flank it a little bit and try to throw your spear so it goes like through the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a pretty intense game, and it was like massively popular. I mean, these stadiums were. I mean, this stadium in particular, it was legit like a stadium, right? There were like seating and stuff around it. Yes. Sorry, I'm going to cut out that silence. I was kind of confused for a second. (laughs) So, yeah, that's chunky. Have you ever seen the uh, balloon shop video, That's My Last Coke? Did I ever show that to you? No. Okay. That's chunky is the last line of that video. (laughs) Okay. I was thinking about the... um it was probably the Discovery Channel or like Sci-Fi or something stupid that did the Pumpkin Chunkin Challenge. Oh God, I think that was TLC Learning oh. Channel. The what? Which the Learning Channel? Yeah. No, <laughs> that is not. No way, really. Are you asking if that's what it aired on, or that's what it stands for? That's what it stands for. I'm, I'm afraid so, Dan. I'm Are afraid that channel me? is the furthest from its. You want to know what I've always thought it was? The lesbian corner. <laughs> no? no. No, not quite. Not. <laughs> okay. I always thought it was tender loving care. Oh yeah. Okay. Like TLC. I mean, yeah, like, it makes gotta sense. Get yourself some TLC. Sure. <clears throat> Probably be a better name for that channel. It's airing Honey Boo Boo and uh, Little People Big World and My Six Hundred Pound Life. Yeah. I'll show you all chunky. The, all the good all the good ones. Um few other interesting points about this city is uh one it was at least partially walled which i think is especially cool for the time yeah and they had a pretty good grasp on astronomy and um directions and just kind of i guess orienteering i don't know how you'd describe exactly but the um for one monk's mound is basically front and center in what is essentially a compass rose. So right in front of Monk's Mound is a path. This is like an actual road in the city, a road that goes right in front of it, perpendicular. And then there's a road that goes up Monk's Mound and then down out towards the Grand Plaza. And that crossroads pretty pretty much aligns with the cardinal directions, uh, northeast, south, and west. And... How the hell do you do that? I have, you know, wait till I tell you about Woodhenge, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. Just to the west of Cahokia proper, but still within the, well, within the city, but not inside the walls that were around like Monk's Mound and the major mounds. There was something that we have affectionately called Woodhenge. I'm sure you can guess how we got that name. It's just kind of a lower tech version of Stonehenge. But it is a circle of, must be like 24, would be a good number, of wood poles going straight up. And there's one in the center. And it is a basically an astronomical clock. And it was like, it could be used to tell exactly where the sun was going to rise on both equinoxes and solstices, uh, stuff like that. Since there's so many of them, I'm assuming there was also like some sort of sundial with the thing in the middle. And, you know, I could see four posts if you were doing the solstices and equinoxes, but there's, you know, way more How than many? that. So there must, 
I'm guessing 24 based on this drawing. Why don't well, I look? That's, that's, that's an important number. Right. That's why I was thinking, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. But, uh, oh, there's a separate page for Cahokia Woodhenge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I looked at a couple pictures. I mean, renderings, you know, not like actual pictures. And they both look like they have about that many. So that that's scientific, right? Yes. A couple of guys sketch it on, you know, yeah. soft paint, and it's fact. There were five total over the course of its existence. Woodhenge 3 is the one that we've reconstructed, and that has 48 posts and was 410 feet in diameter. It is wow. thought to have been constructed in approximately 1,000 CE. And the, I, I mean, 48... That's that's a still a good number. Yeah. It's just twice as precise as 24. These guys had it everything. Yeah. They had um, a lot more than you'd expect. I'll tell you what. I would like to talk about Mound 72, if we might. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, there's about 80 mounds. And Monk's Mound, as far as I could tell, there might be a couple others that are explicitly named. The rest are just kind of assigned a, a number, a lot of the minor ones. And I think that was just because, you know, they saw a bunch and like, well, that's, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And then eventually <clears throat> they would find out that some of these were more important, right? Uh, so, so they happened. Yeah, because 72 is pretty underwhelming for what is in this mound. Ooh, the number, you mean? Yeah. is just kind of, yeah. Because it's the coolest burial I've ever heard of in my life this is you know save for like the pharaohs so turns out mound 72 it was a burial mound but not just like any you know not like, like a dumping ground they did find what they assume must have been a prominent leader of cahokia or some sort of important figure and they think that because this must have been a pretty pristine burial they found this man buried on a bed of over 20,000 seashells, I'm assuming those mussel shells, and arrowheads, arranged in the shape of a falcon. Nice. And buried along with him were four young males who were missing their hands and skulls. Oh. Uh, a mass grave of more than 50 women around 21 years old, uh, with the bodies arranged in two layers, separated by matting. And then a mass burial containing 40 men and women who appear to have been violently killed and some, unfortunately, even buried alive. From the vertical what? position of some of the fingers, which appear to have been digging in the sand, it is apparent that not all of the victims were dead when they were interred, that some had been trying to pull themselves out of the massive bodies. That is awful. <clears throat> yeah, see, that's part of the whole, um, that's what keeps things like this pretty culturally distant from me. <laughs> because that's not like, to put it nicely, I don't ever see myself doing that to anyone. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's not like a, if I if I were there kind of thing. It's like a uh... yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to be buried with fifty naked women on a bed of seashells shaped like a falcon, but <laughs> I don't think you know that many people needed to die. Say, alive, <laughs> died. Unfortunately, the victims were alive when they died. 
That's <laughs> so awful, dude. From the upright position or the vertical <laughs> position of their fingers, they were laying there crushed under 50, you know, 100 pounds of dirt, just trying to wiggle their fingers free. Yeah. Ooh. Chomping on worm poop. You want to hear a uh, just a real awful death that Frank and I were thinking about? Yeah. You know those, like, We've seen those like blue propane torches where you turn on the gas and then there's the little button you press and then it'll be like a blowtorch, you know? Yeah. Imagine putting the nozzle in your mouth, full blast gassed, so that your mouth and lungs just fill up with propane and then just sparking <laughs> it. And your lungs just popping and incinerating at the same time. Oh my God. That's Which, one of those things that's like I've been laying in bed and like thought about it. Just like, oh, <laughs> it just comes do you, back in do my you mind. Wanna, do you want to think about something else that's really awful? Yes. It's going to be a really weird aside, so bear with us, listeners. I have two would-you-rathers for you, Kane. Okay, okay. The first one, pretty harmless, I think. Not harmless, but not painful. Anyways, would you rather get diarrhea every time you laugh or throw Wait, up I'm sorry, every, what? Time every time someone says your name? What was the first one? Get diarrhea every time you laugh. Oh, geez. Or throw up every time someone says your name. Got to take throw up. I'm sorry. Yeah. You I could at least right carry answer. like a bag with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. 61% of people agree with you. Okay. All right. I was hoping for more than that. But. <laughs> this one was more divisive, and I thought one of the most creative would-you-rathers I've ever heard. Okay. Before you say it. Yeah. There's something we haven't addressed yet. Okay. You have a newer and better microphone. Ah, yeah. Hello. And, yeah. <laughs> I can hear your velvety voice now. Wow. Yeah. I think mine will still be more abrasive than yours, and yours will still get more compliments. Uh I'll tell you okay. what, Dan. <laughs> what? I paid some decent money for this stuff, so. For that voice? No. <laughs> for the <laughs> microphones and the audio interface. You that dingus. doesn't matter. I mean, it probably matters, but at the end of the day, I have a higher pitch. Oh, you were talking specifically voice. about yeah. your voice. Okay. I was going to say, I spent like $200 on the microphone and audio interface. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, no, I do. $30 dollars also will not stack up to that. Would you rather pry off your thumbnail with a fork? Jesus. Or... <laughs> I can't even say this one. <laughs> or put a toothpick under your big toe. Don't say don't. <laughs> ah! it, it's going to be the thumb. <laughs> it's going to be a thumb for me. Here I got an easy. I got a nice. Uh, Only forty-three percent of people agree with you. That's. Oh wait, no, no, no! I missed. I was. That. That's clinically 57. fucking insane that people would. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, I got a gentle one. All right, sociopath. Okay. Uh, would you rather have nipple-sized fingers or finger-sized nipples? <laughs> uh, probably, probably finger-sized nipples. Yeah, I think that's the right call. You basically have no fingers if you yeah. have nipple-sized fingers. <laughs> you just yeah. have two two palms. I would not enjoy with that. With some weirdly sensitive nubs. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, So, uh, (laughs) Mound 72, huh? Yeah. Um, God (laughs) damn. (laughs) We're doing a good job filling up the time. You know, uh, do you have, do you have like substance? Because I somewhere I want to take this once we have, once we have uh, <laughs> run all the gas out of the tank. I guess I got nothing left, dude. I, okay. I've been on empty since you started yeah. talking about Mount I don't, Seventy Two. I on oh, one hand, wait. okay. I do have one cool stat that I forgot to mention. Hit me. Uh, somebody estimated that based on all of the mounds that over time the Cahokian people or the people that lived in Cahokia had to move 55 million cubic feet of earth. Hell yeah. Yeah. With that makes sense because actually uh, there were like, glad you said that because I kind of forgot there are, there were like man-made lakes in the area that were from all the dirt they moved. Like there was like a, basically a quarry where they got all the dirt and it That's filled awesome. in and became a lake. Now, Dan, what I wanted to get into, um, because you know how my brain works. I don't. Pretend that you do. Okay. Um, this is another candidate, much like Gobekli Tepe, one of our previous episodes. This is a candidate for ancient astronaut involvement. <laughs> don't say the A word. I won't. I will stick to the much more scientifically refined ancient astronaut term. <laughs> the only reason I bring that up is one of the videos I was watching was uh, they were talking about how this city existed for um, a decent amount of time before the mounds, and then it was just like one day, not like literally one day, but uh, they pretty much destroyed all of the houses and then built mounds and then built the houses next to the mounds. What? So it's one of those things where, like, obviously that probably happened over, like, a pretty serious stretch of time. Yeah. Uh, comparatively speaking, but... But still, why? It's one of those things where it's like, what What was going on there? And I'm not seriously positing that aliens came down and <gasps> told them how to build mounds. Because I, I have to hope that if aliens came down and visited, they would give them something a little more substantial than uh, how to put <laughs> dirt into a square. But, you know... That's a good point, yeah. Coming down in these... It is, of course, much more believable that something like ancient Sumeria, of course, where, you know, <clears throat> written history and a writing system uh, all reformed, as well as, you know, uh, law enforced by the government. Um, gee, what else? There's all that stuff about the Anunnaki, you know. That's a much more serious avenue if you want to get into it sometime, Dan, but I doubt that you do. What in God's name are you talking about right now? <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> Just, uh... But what ooh. position are you sitting in right now? Uh... You're like hanging <laughs> off a door frame or something? Kind of, yeah. I'll put my... I'll, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was just... Give my me a gr- crap. My guard immediately goes up whenever I bring up that stuff because <clears throat> I don't want to look like an idiot. I, I just <laughs> don't know at all what any of that is. What should I start to Google? Oh, Dan, you're a teacher. Don't poison your brain with this shit. <laughs> leave, it for, leave it to me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it for the team. Okay. I'll read all the conspiracy theories. 
Here, so Alex here's the Jones question shit. Yeah. Uh, of the day, Kane. What is the moral of this story? Mounds are better than Almond Joy? Well, I would like to say yes, but that is just not true. It's totally false. <laughs> it's, that's horseshit. <laughs> you know what else is horseshit? Don't you think Almond Joy is the one that should be called Mounds because it's got the two mounds on top from the almonds? Yeah, I never thought about it, but now that you mention it, I need some answers. Can we do something with, uh, like, the Hokey Pokey, but Cahokia Pokia? <laughs> <laughs> you do the Cahokia Pokia, and you turn yourself around. And, and you cut your head, hands and head off. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and there we go. <laughs> Come on, you had it in you the whole time. That was teamwork. Now, what's our outro song? <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even begin to complete. Uh, <laughs> quick. Uh, scouring through Spotify. Mal, mounds. Mounds. Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll find something. Okay, well, we did it, sort of. Yeah, we done 50 minutes. minutes. Next okay. week. Next, it's not even worth forecasting. You, the listeners, please comment on our Instagram, armchair underscore adventurer underscore podcast is the handle. I mean, give us a li- like. Literally, subscribe. Anything, anything. I don't care if you text one of us. I know you motherfuckers are listening. I see <laughs> the numbers I, on our analytics. I, I see the numbers. <clears throat> so I told please. my students about it this year. Oh, really? I didn't tell them the, the handle because I don't want them listening to this. And yeah, true. Coming back true. to the classroom, but I bragged. I said I, I co-host a podcast. Oh Lord, why did you take her from me? Why didn't you take you? All along, eat that long amount of clay. I'll stay here beside you.